Thought Bubble Audio. Look, up in the sky! You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Welcome to Beer with Geeks with Tim and Frank. Who are you? I'm Batman. I am Iron Man. Your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Hi, Christopher. I'm Nero. My name is Inigo Montoya. You're a wizard, Harry. A couple of guys with a couple of beers and a whole lot of pop culture nostalgia. Make it so, number one. Ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles. Name the dog in the ant. Life finds a way. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Now sit back and crack open a cold one. Because it's time for Beer with Geeks. It comes in paints? Shaken, not stirred. Great Scott! I was way off. I knew it started with an S, though. Hi, and welcome to Beer with Geeks, where two geeks geek out with beer. I'm Tim, and with me, as always, is my friend who has the long game plan. Frank, how are you today? I am doing quite well, my friend. How are you? I am doing well. I feel a little that my nose is a bit stuffy, so if I sound mm. stuffy, I apologize. But not if I sound like, you know, like full of myself or anything. That's the stuffy I'm going for. If sure. my nose is full of, of mucus, then I apologize. Ah, I see. I but, see. I'm glad you... But I want to sound aristocratic. I want to right. sound stuffy. Got it. Okay. Muffy, where are my slippers? I'm your yeah. darling. Yeah. Yes. Um, okay. I'm glad glad to know that um, because you know that's the first thing I think of uh, when I think of you is that you're stuck up and stuffy and snooty. So I'm I'm glad that you're going for that. Fan friggantastic. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. Good. All right. Well, f- Frank, are you mm-hmm. drinking a beer? Because I'm I, not. I am not. Aww. So Aww. I know. I know. Well, yes. I'm stuffy. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. You got to take care of yourself. You got to look after yourself. But but yes, uh, I am drinking. Uh, a a beer for for the both of us. Uh, this is a Brooklyn Brewery Local One uh, f- mm. uh, fermented ale. Uh, this is a real. This was given to me for my birthday uh, a couple months ago now. Uh, brewed in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. You know, Brooklyn Brooklyn Brewing Company. I, th- I think most people know Brooklyn Brewery. They're they're pretty well, well distributed at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and this is a a uh, like German style. Uh, or, or Belgian style ale, I guess, uh, where they have uh, really, it's a really nice, um, it's one of their sort of like more premium beers. It comes in the big like wine bottle size uh, Ooh, yeah. situations. Uh, and it is a re-fermented in the bottle. Uh, and it is delicious and complex. And uh, it, 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 I mean, it tastes like a, like a Belgian, you know, uh, Double or triple, it's it's really really good. I'm I'm a a big big fan of it, um, and very very grateful for uh, for having received it as a gift. That's awesome. That's awesome. I'm happy for you and everything yeah. that yeah. life brings you in the form of beer. I'm Thank just you. I'm just drinking eleven seltzer right now. Nothing nothing too wild or crazy. But I do have some revival IPA in my fridge. Ooh, so that's fun. You know, other what? people can partake and drink. There you go. What what kind of seltzer is it? Uh, this is just a polar, um, polar polar lemon seltzer. Polar, pretty classic. Some of the ones that they add sodium to it, I'm not a, like it. It's, mm. I'm not a, I don't like those as much. I can, I can I'm taste, with you on that. I can taste the salt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm with you on that. I I prefer. I I've been drinking a lot of seltzer in the last few months too, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, polar polar is one of my favorites. I like polar, I like bubbly. 
Um, bubbly adds bubbly adds sodium. Oh, do they? Yeah, not as much. Not as good at picking up on it as I thought I was. Theirs is not as much as others, so it's easier to to miss. Like, but um, but uh, it's not like Lacroix or something like that. I think Lacroix does too. Not positive. Schweppes is good though. Schweppes puts out Schweppes. Okay. Schweppes has good good seltzer, Frank. But anyway, nice, nice seltzer with geeks. Seltzer with geeks, Frank. We have a we had a request for a request for a topic from yes, from our Thoughtable Audio co um, host Lauren mm-hmm. of of uh, Metropolis Podcast at mm-hmm. MetPod. She she wants us to to come up with a dream show of our own. You know, she, what, you're, you have a you have a dream HBO Superman show. Mm. Eight seasons. You are guaranteed the same actors for those eight seasons. What do you do? And for me, I'll do the same thing for Batman. So this is we did not plan these ahead of time. This is more of a stream of consciousness. This is what's this is what's been given to us right now, at, right before we we started recording. So. Whatever comes to your mind shall shall be your pitch, and what would you do about it? So this is and and so I'm going to do Superman and you're going to do Batman, correct? That's correct. Unless you really want to throw everybody off and swap them, but I don't. Now here's the thing: uh, ever since I was three years old, I've been developing this pitch. So yeah, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. So you're so you're ready for it. Is what you're saying? Um, I'm basically ready for it. Yeah, I mean, I have lots of ideas. So it's it's not so much a matter of coming up. With something as much as it is eliminating the things that I don't think are a fit. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. All right. Well, then I, I leave it to you, good sir. Do you want said Superman appeared before Batman? Okay. So Superman gets to go first. So I'll talk for a whole year and then a year in, then you'll start talking, is what you're That's saying. Correct. Yes. Okay. That's correct. Yes. Okay. That's correct. Okay, okay. May to May. Okay. Here we go. Eighty eighty years from now, people will listen to this podcast uh to remember it. I guess. Th- that's I right. Know. Or or you could talk for 80 some odd years because Superman is really old. It's up to you. I could. And I could talk for 80 some odd years about Superman. Yeah, I know you could. Yeah. And I would listen to every single second of it. And you would because you're a sucker. I know. Um, <laughs> I mean, because you're my friend. <laughs> Isn't, aren't those two the same, though? Truly. I mean, yeah. yeah. You're a sucker for me. That's right. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, it's something that I think about, you know, a, a lot. So. So Superman show. So I've got eight seasons. I've got an HBO level budget. So that means great effects, great all mm-hmm. of that. So I would, um, if I've got eight years, it does feel, you know, when it comes to a movie, if I was doing a movie, I'd be like, let's skip Krypton. Let's skip the origin. Let's get more like right into it. Or let's mm-hmm. do a real simple, you know, Grant Morrison, all-star Superman type of, of origin. That's just like a real quick flash to get us into it. Yep. Assuming people know it. But if we've got eight seasons now, I don't know how long these seasons are going to be. I'm going to choose. That's right. Uh, that they that they will be more of a 10 to 12 uh, episode arc mm-hmm. um, because I f- I feel that sort of compressing things down into fewer episodes means there's less room for filler, more room for moving the plot forward and, and moving the story forward. So I'm 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 going to make that choice on for, for me, especially if we're talking about these prestige dramas tend to be in that format anyway. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would, I would love to see a uh, first episode takes place on Krypton. Uh, second episode takes place on the Ken Farm. Third episode we get to Metropolis. Okay. That would be sort of how I would pace it out. Um, so an hour in each in each locale. 
Um, I would probably borrow a blend of things from the sort of John Byrne era and the um, uh, Donner uh, Kryptons, right? It'd be Mm -hmm. kind of an amalgam of the two. Um, I I feel like at this point the crystals and all of that are so ingrained in the... um, in the the lore and are sort of like when people think if people think of krypton right if mm-hmm. if there are uh, uh non-comic book nerds thinking about krypton they're probably think th- th- that's what they're seeing is like the marlon brando and the, the crystals and all that stuff so i probably would borrow a lot of that imagery um and i would probably uh yeah spend spend an hour there to establish that then then spend an hour in smallville and then spend an hour uh, in Metropolis, and and we go from there. And I I would love it to be a Daily Planet centered show. So so um, much of the I mean I guess similar to a Lois and Clark style um, to that show where it's centered around his life, going to work every day, being a reporter, being Clark, mm-hmm. and being Superman. Um, so it would be my my vision of it would be that you know Clark is the real Clark is the real guy, and Superman is the is the is the mask he puts on. Right? Not not the old. Uh, Silver Age, Golden Age version where Superman is the real guy and Clark Kent is the disguise, but 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 just the opposite. I also feel pretty strongly that Clark should be mild mannered, but not necessarily always bumbling. Doesn't mean he can't sometimes, but I don't. Yep. I, I I always I always feel like something that what George Reeves did or Dean Cain did where they were capable reporters, capable mm-hmm. men. You know what Brian Michael Bendis is writing right now uh, in, in action in Superman comics. He is a very capable reporter, very good at his job, um, but he's mild-mannered. Mild-mannered means he's a like soft-spoken, nice guy, mm-hmm. unassuming. Doesn't necessarily mean he's like, oh, gosh, Lois, and like tripping over himself. That's right. No disrespect to Christopher Reeve, none whatsoever, but I always like the... The, I like him being a very capable, like, he people be, aren't just making fun of him. He has to be capable at his job, too. Yeah. yeah and people and have, you, don't think, yeah. you don't think he's going to get shoved into a locker, right? Like that, right. That's, right. So um, I, feel, I feel like that should be a, a center point of that, of that interpretation of Clark. So um, uh, we, at the end of the, of the pilot is him getting rocketed to, to Smallville. Probably we see him land there, and that's, that's where, where things end. We pick up with, with mm-hmm. Jonathan and Martha finding him there. Um, I love the idea of them not being, you know, they, they've, they're always traditionally portrayed Jonathan and Martha as elderly, um, and that was all pretty much always the, the portrayal. I love what Smallville did and made them, mm-hmm. like, middle-aged parents like people in their 40s raising a child like plausible that these people would have a three-year-old child yep um i love that and i would love to see that continue i mean i guess they they did they did that in man of steel as well um you know kevin costner and diane lane like that that is totally plausible that they are old enough to have raised that man right um Mm -hmm. whereas pretty much every other interpretation you see it's like how are these 75 year old people how did they have a three-year-old and they always had to come up with like oh we adopted him or he was our cousin's kid or whatever you know they had a yep. some story mm-hmm. like that yep. i like the thing where it's just like people walking down the street in smallville wouldn't be like why are these elderly people raising a five-year-old um <laughs> uh, you know like yeah. just what like, what, I, what? I, yeah um yeah. I, I i love it when they're the the couple of interpretations where i've seen them be sort of a sensible age uh I, for, for having a kid that age. Uh, my favorite kents are the lois and clark kents. oh they're great they're, they're they're great. They're, they're great. Exactly what I would want from them 
all the time. They feel like they're from the Midwest. They they love their son. They support decisions they make. They're slightly bewildered sometimes, but they um but they but they're also of the right age. They that's true. Yeah, they are. They're maybe they're like on the older end of the right age, but mm-hmm. they're still it still works. That's right. It still works. They have a they have a you know 30 something year old son mm-hmm. and they are the right an appropriate age for for having a, a son. That's that right. So yeah, I'm I'm into that. I'm on board with that. I love um, I love them so much. They're they're great because they're they're so similar to the way that Jonathan and Martha were in the comics at that time in the post crisis mm-hmm. era. Um, they were uh, some like salt of the earth people, you know, like like what you'd expect for Jonathan and Martha Kent. And yet, uh, when they come to the city, they're sort of like thrown off, and it's kind of played up for laughs. And 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 oh, they're they're so great. Um, so, Fantastic! It is so. Yep. <laughs> I would get sidetracked on the. Cast. I, I yeah, just thinking You're about like, it. I'm like, actually, now I like to watch Lois Clark. Actually, my Superman show. I really just want to watch Mont and Pot Kent. Like, <laughs> it's just, it's just the Mont and Pot Kent. Wondering when their son will visit them sometimes. Right, <laughs> right, right. Um, well, I would like so I, similar to again to Lois Clark. I would like the idea of him visiting frequently because he can get back there whenever he wants. Guy can fly. Dude right. can fly. When he wants to go mm-hmm. talk to mom and dad, he can go go see mom and dad, um, mm-hmm. or call him on the phone or whatever. Um, so I, I I would love to see more of that. I would also I also feel like um, something that like my like Smallville is like my favorite TV show, but what they didn't do a whole lot of very consistently, they did not do a lot of the using his powers in mundane ways, like oh yeah, using it to shave, using it to, you know using the heat vision to shave or 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 lifting up his own car to do so, like stuff like that. I, I would love to see more of that sort of casually using his strength, casually using his different powers. Um, I think of the, maybe it's in the pilot of Lois and Clark when he's walking on the walls um, mm. early on, but like things like that, just sort of casually in the everyday, like, cause if you had those powers in your, when, when you're alone, you would use them. Like it would just, of course you would, if you know, you can do something more easily. If you can clean up your whole kitchen in two seconds, Right, like like Barry does on the Flash, yep. you would do that. Oh, of course you would. Oh when, no, when no one's Absolutely. around, Absolutely. I was literally I was shoveling my driveway today, and I was thinking like, man, I wish I had heat vision because sure. I would just come out and melt all the snow, and that would be that. But that was my thought. I was like, oh, if I was Superman, this is how I would use my powers. Not like, oh, is anybody trapped in their home? Can I help you? Be like, no, I'm just going to melt totally. the snow on my driveway. <laughs> totally. Mm-hmm. So so that would be sort of those are like the fundamentals. Um I would the first couple of seasons would be um he's new to Metropolis, he's new to being Superman. He's not new to his powers. So it wouldn't be like Smallville where he's discovering the powers and using the puberty as a as a vehicle for him to gain his powers. Mm-hmm. As brilliant as that all was, I wouldn't do that here. Um it would be like he grew up in Smallville, knows it, like has mastered his powers already, but is learning how to be Superman. He meets Lois, he meets the Daily Planet staff, he meets Perry, he meets all these people. He's learning how to be a hero. Um would be the way I would do this. Yep. Um sure. probably the first, probably take him about two seasons to get to like fully comfortable in those shoes. Um do you mean is it like a Shazam thing where he like tries to leap the building a single bound and like ends up in the skyscraper? No. No, 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 no. That's that would be fun, but but I'm. That's not the way I'm picturing it. It's mm-hmm. he knows how to use his powers. He knows how to oh, fly. Okay. He knows how to do those things. But he doesn't know how to be uh, like how to live a double life and how to how to be a superhero. Oh, yeah, sure. Okay, he's that's learning good. how to do that because he's only unmasking himself for the first time now. Gotcha. He's always hidden that, so he knows how to use the powers, but he's 
adjusting into like what what it means when people are mistrustful of him similar to like in man of steel where people were like you know get out of here we don't we don't want you mm-hmm. um he's gonna deal with that for at least the first season and maybe by the end of season two he wins over metropolis uh wins over the trust of the public trust seasons three and four uh i i see as sort of he's getting into a rhythm he and lois start to become an item maybe the love triangle is 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 happening by this point definitely happening by this mm-hmm. point i feel like there shouldn't be a like on again off again i never really like i was just talking with my wife about this a couple weeks ago we were watching um brooklyn 99 oh yeah and the the uh love interests they're like the main two characters who get together they don't do a like on again off again or like they date and then they come that i find very exhausting and while it gets people invested i find that exhausting i would like them to gradually get together but once they're together they're they're together and I, I would like that to happen so i would love to see them uh by like season three four there's they're now they're they're um she's she's starting to figure out what's going on here she's they're they're starting to they're, they're probably dating and, and he's probably told her uh, let her in on the secret identity by the by the middle of the series by season four or five um the next couple of seasons is them together like doing doing things so so lois at his side Oh yeah, mm-hmm. um, I would love to see a wedding around season six or seven, uh, and then uh, uh, and and then probably you'd have to to have season eight and the, the the final season. That's where you start bringing out the really big guns. I would love to see the whole thing sort of. Uh, we we see lots of different villains along the way. Of course, we'll probably have Lex as a mainstay. We'll have mm-hmm. you know the Metallos, the uh, uh, Parasite, like all the, those kinds of villains. I like throughout. the Metallos. It sounds like a family. Yeah, the Metallo, the Metallo family. family. Yeah. yeah, and Brainiac and all all that all that sure. good stuff. Uh, but then eventually we we build up and we get more and more cosmic, and we then we start to get like the the uh, dark side. Ultimately, and, yeah. Season eight, I would love to see Dark Side Apocalypse. Um, uh, maybe maybe Doomsday and the wedding also be like from pulling that from the comics, having the like having Doomsday delay the wedding by a season or something like that. Um, I would love to see that, that kind of thing and that being a season ender cliffhanger. Uh, uh, probably going to have to have Zod come out of the Phantom Zone at some point. Uh, Always, you know. Mm-hmm. So so th- those sorts of things. I would love to see those staples be there. That's my eight season arc for for a Superman show. Uh, more or less. So it's interesting that you say you like you'll see some of the villains in this and this, but you don't sound like you have like um, like you almost it almost feels like you like the one and done villain as opposed to this like the year arc villain. Um, I think so. I mean, like Lex would be like a probably the first year arc for sure, right? And then, uh, but like someone like Metallo or Parasite doesn't lend themselves to that, right? They don't lend themselves as much to being the season, the season big bad. So I would probably do something similar, although I would do it differently than what Smallville or Supergirl have done, where you have a season long arc for a villain and then and then one and done's on the way there. Mm-hmm. Um, I would probably do that. You borrow that structure. But have it be a little bit more like every episode should. One thing Smallville did well was every episode there was always something that moved forward the season long arc. Every single episode. That's true. Even in filler episodes, the 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 last sting before the credits would be something that moved forward the whatever the season long plot was. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would make sure that would be an essential for me. Um, so there would be both. It would be both. It would be there'd be season long arcs for like you know like Doomsday would be something that you know how like in the comic. Um, in the comics and the issues leading up to uh, Death of Superman, there was like the thum, 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 Doomsday punching his way out. Um, there'd be little teases like that throughout. Uh, maybe the beginning of Doomsday, like working his way across the country and finally getting to getting to Metropolis uh, a couple episodes in. So, yeah. 
That's good. That's really good. Now, so what would would you t- like if you had your choice of famous comic story arcs to do? Which ones would you then? Because you sure. mentioned the Doomsday and the wedding and stuff. Yep. Which ones would you include in there? Definitely would include um, Death of Superman is, is going to be a must somehow in there um, and the wedding album. Um, I am definitely going to want um, Brainiac, the Brainiac arc, one of my all-time favorite Superman stories. That I mean, Brainiac, of course, could be a, a season-long villain, mm-hmm. no doubt. And you could even bring him back, right? He could be like the season two or three villain and bring him back in season five or six or something like yep, that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because Brainiac does that. Um, I, I would definitely do those. I would definitely... Um, I would. I mean, I would love if our Batman and Superman shows could cross over. Um, <laughs> we could have... Yeah. Um, we could have some stuff from like the Jeff Loeb Superman Batman run. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Public Enemies is just so good. Public so Enemies good. would be mm, would be so good. Mm, maybe that, maybe that would yeah. If I didn't have such a like a like a like a structure to my, I'd be like season eight. That's it. We're just like uh, oh yeah, mushing them together, and that's oh, kind of how so we wrap good. up because that would be super fun. Be solid. That'd be so good. Maybe so, maybe so good. maybe we do a, a special HBO movie. And then we, oh, that's how yeah, we, that's series, right? That's how we um, the miniseries. That's how we wrap it up. That's yeah. that's good. Yeah, I'd be into that. I always thought that the um, last days of Krypton novel by Kevin J. Anderson would make a phenomenal miniseries. Me too, because it's so. I mean, you basically have that with Krypton, like on TV now. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. It's, it's that, basically it's, it's, it's basically that with you know. I mean, certainly different different a totally different story and you know the way they're using the characters and brand new characters and whatever else but i agree that that kevin j anderson book is is so good so fantastic i actually went looking for my copy the other day i was like man where is that book that book was great i need to find it just to make sure that i have it yeah oh it's fantastic yeah um i I reread it a couple years i've read it like four or five times now i love it i want to i want to reread his batman uh batman superman one um uh, I forget what it's called. World, not world's finest. Is it? It's not called world's finest. Yeah, is it? Uh, is it? Might be world's finest. Yeah, but you know mm. what I'm talking about—the one that takes place in the 50s during the Cold War. It was really good. Yep. Um, and exactly Bruce is sort of like Bruce is sort of a um, James Bond type figure in that in that book. Um, it's I can see it on my shelf. I just can't read it from here. Um, but yeah, I, I I love that book. I would definitely. Um, so here's what here's what I might do. Here's what I might do. I might do the. Um, uh, Jeff Johns, Richard Donner, Last Son story, where oh yes, With- Zod, Ursa, and Nan come out of the Phantom Zone. Mm-hmm. He's got to fight them, and they've uh, Zod and Ursa have a son whom Clark and Lois adopt. This was before we had Jonathan Kent in the comics. You know, young young John Kent in the comics. Um, uh, this was a a you know, but 10, 10, 12 years ago, this was how they got Lois and Clark to be parents uh, in a roundabout way. I loved that. I've loved that story a lot, and I was Mm -hmm. sad when when he had to go away. Um, When he had to go away. He did. He had to go back. I was sort of like, all right, we have to give you back now. No, you're right. Um, But, but yeah, I was sad that they... They probably always knew it couldn't be permanent, like, at the time. Mm -hmm. I guess it could have been. But um, I would love to have that be... Because I was thinking about... I would love to have John in the show mm-hmm. but i don't know on the timeline i've got sketched out i don't know that you could have them get married and have a kid and have him be old enough for it to be interesting yep. um mm-hmm. uh, before the end of season eight 
the way I have it, the trajectory planned out, but maybe that's a good way you could introduce a, a kid is to have, you know, have it be Zod and Ursa's kid that they, uh, that they adopt much in the same way that Jonathan and Martha adopted him. Um, mm. So I would love to see those, that story get adapted. You know, I just recently read what's so funny about truth, justice in the American way. I think that could be a, a, a great arc. Obviously they're doing it on Supergirl right now. So it would be <laughs> kind of a, it might be a little derivative, uh, but I would love to see that. I would love to see a lot of the things from all-star Superman work their way in. Um, again, a lot of just the sort of whimsy, and and uh, the way he uses his powers, um, the sort of unabashed love of the Silver Age in a way that still works today. I think Grant Morrison did that in a really great way. People who mm-hmm. don't like Superman love that story. It's, for some people, it's the only Superman story that they enjoy, which is odd because he really leaned into all the things that make Superman cheesy sometimes. Yep. But yeah. he did it so well uh, that that most people agree. Most readers agree. Like it's a, it's a fantastic one of the all time great Superman stories. Um, so I would love to see some elements from that work their way in um, as well. Oh, that's... Yeah. So those those are a few those are a few stories right there. There's lots of things you know references you could pull. We all the shows that we watch, all the DCCW shows, all make little subtle references. Whether it's a character that's here for one episode and gone or just a mention of a character or whatever, I would love to see that stuff peppered throughout in a, in a way much the same way the DCCW shows do it, where a mention or a, an appearance of a character isn't off-putting to someone who's not familiar, but is a great delight to to mm-hmm. people who do know. Does your Superman exist in a world of the entire DC universe, or is it is it only Superman in that world? Like, let's say the crossover isn't ha- like our it's our crossover isn't happening sure, with sure. our shows. Like it, it can other heroes show up on your show? Yeah, I think similar to the way that like Superman the animated series you know brought in like Flash would come visit from right here's uh, Flash or Doctor Fate or you know like whatever. Yeah, yeah, I would like to. I mean, in a less cartoonish way, but yeah, I would like to see that that happening um, and references to. References to Superman uh, having worked with other heroes, too. I feel like before um, before Infinite Crisis, right? So when, in the sort mm-hmm. of what's called the From Crisis to Crisis era in the, in the late 80s and early 90s and into the 90s, um, there was a lot of... You could have crossover that lasted for a couple issues... And that was it. It didn't always have to be an event. It didn't always have to be all oh, the Justice League. All of the heroes are coming together to stop this huge threat to the universe. Yep. Um, I would like to see more of that and pull the punches a little bit. Save the big universe, uh, threatening world, threatening stuff for the finales for the for the big moments. But not. It doesn't always have to be that way, right? It, they, they can team up um, for other reasons. There are other plausible reasons for a for an HBO level prestige drama, even. Um, where where they are teaming up for a two or three episode arc and it doesn't need to be like because uh apocalypse is happening like it, it doesn't mm. need to be um crisis every time it can be that they're teaming up for for other reasons um and i would like to see more, some of that peppered throughout as well as when it's the right time maybe every couple seasons um at at at, at like the most frequent um, you have a bunch of heroes getting together to, to stop a big threat. Um, I think that would be a lot of fun. I, you know, it, it would be 
admittedly hard to do it well so i would be like careful about how to do it. i would deploy those things tactically to make sure that they're they're being done well it's tough to it's tough to to say like get an actor to play like say the flash or something like that and say we're only going to use you once this season but i hope you'll be available for all these other times we maybe will use you probably it's true it's, you're not wrong yeah but Tyler Hoechlin, you know, has played Superman in just very specific moments in Supergirl when they've needed him, when they've thought it was the right moment to bring him in. No, you're right. And and I'm sure when he was available. But if you did the same thing with Flash, Green Arrow, um, Green Lantern, uh, I mean, God, I would do I could do a whole series on Green Lantern, too. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I would love to see those characters come in when appropriate. Wonder Woman. Um, I, I would lo- I would love to see some you know Teen Titans. Uh, stuff happening like I, I would love I would love those characters you know if, if we do a, a doomsday story and and Connor gets spun out of that um, you know if we do uh, world without a Superman if we do uh, the uh, the um, you know the four the four Supermen uh, and all of that I, I would I would love all of that yeah I would love all of that that would be, have all those characters coming in and out that'd be awesome that'd be so cool I would love it so much well it'd be great what, do you have anybody in mind? Do you say like this actor in my mind would be a terrific Superman or Lois Lane or Lex Luthor or something like that? I I I love the unknowns for these mm-hmm. roles. I would want somebody who is reminiscent of like Matt Bomer. We yes. were actually just talking about Matt Bomer a couple days ago. Yeah. Um. And he's how killing it on Doom Patrol. Yeah. He's got the look, man. He's got the look. He's got the mannerisms. A lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I just saw him on Will and Grace the other night too, and I was like, "Yeah, man, he could do it. He could totally do it." Um, mm. so yeah, I would, I would love, I would love someone who's reminiscent of Matt Bomer, but probably a little bit younger and and an unknown. Above all, an unknown, because I think that's kind of important and kind of a hallmark, um, of of the character. You know, maybe not a complete unknown, um, but somebody who is not already a movie star, TV star. Um, so I, I would, I would love that somebody who reminds me of him, uh, for, for Superman, uh, and Clark for Lois. Um, I really feel like, I really feel like Amy Adams was actually a really good choice. I had a hard time looking past the fact that this is Amy Adams, an actress whom, whom I really love, mm-hmm. um, a little bit. And I just feel like she wasn't given a fair, like she wasn't given enough to work with in my opinion i agree um for what i wanted from her so i would like somebody who reminds me of her a terry hatcher type would be like or a dana delaney type would be like an absolute dream uh for me Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of the portrayal of the character um so what about um bitsy um bitsy bitsy tolick i mean i like what we saw from her in in her again i feel like she was underutilized too but Mm -hmm. but I, i love what we saw from her um honestly i think that dana delaney is at this point, she's my, my favorite. favorite. Lois, she's yeah. my favorite. Um, and obviously, she was just the voice, but her portrayal was enough. She um, looks like Lois too. If you like, she actually, does. Yeah, she, she actually, does. She looks like her. Yeah. yeah, not. And I felt like she had that show, Body of Proof, on ABC. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, where she was like a um, like a CSI, and um, she was like basically Lois in yep. that show. Um, so so yeah, I I I feel I feel like as I'm talking it through, probably Dana is my. Uh, sort of ideal uh, of what uh, what I want out of a Lois. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. that's good. Some really yeah, good yeah. stuff. Well, well, Frank, so we had a whole episode here mm-hmm. um, of your pitch, which was just so fabulous. 
I loved it so much. I want to watch your show in the worst way. Ooh, question though. Yeah. How does he get his suit in your version? Ma. Ma. Yeah, I like when Ma, Ma I like when Ma makes it too. It's gotta be the Kryptonian fabric. You know, it could come in the ship, it could come from the fortress, you know, we could figure that out. Uh but but maybe I'd probably go more with Fortress than, than mm-hmm. with the ship because the ship thing is always like the blanket becomes the suit. Really? Yeah, I don't know. That's a little silver. It's a little too silver agey. Yeah. Um, but I would love for Martha to make the suit. Yep. Yeah. Man, I just I love what it's just like it's like supporting her son in the like, you know what I mean? In like the worst and best way. Like I no said, one's gonna be looking at your face. No one's gonna be looking at your face, sweetie. <laughs> uh, so uh do you have any last remnants of your pitch? Because we'll save my pitch for another episode. Yeah, this sort of became a, a whole episode unto itself. But that we'll, we'll do part that two. Doesn't matter. That's okay. Yeah. No, I'm glad. I'm it was good. It was good talk. You good said talk. you said you were you said you were gonna you said you were gonna talk for you know the whole year. So eighty years. 80, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I I um, I mean, there's so much more I could say. I would like it to be, you know, influenced by the the Jeff Johns ethos. Mm-hmm. No surprise there, yeah, uh, and and the, the Bendis ethos too. Of let's take different pieces of continuity and fold them all in in a way that it feels like wow, this all just makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like these things from the 50s and 60s and 80s and 90s can all coexist in a way that it seems like it was meant to be this way all along. Right. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. so I, that that's what sort of the key driving thing behind it is, and like optimism, hope, uh, the things that that exemplify Superman, truth, justice, and the American way should all be at the core um, of of this show. I feel like there's not enough hopeful optimism on, uh, especially in if you say prestige drama, I know I'm going to be depressed by the end of it, right? And I hope that you could take the um, uh, the uh, production values of those kinds of shows and put it behind something more hopeful, optimistic and uh, positive. So mm. that would be my, that would be my sort of underlying idea for the whole show. Oh, I love it. It's great. Thank you for letting me uh, take 30 years of uh, Superman ideas and vomit them out uh, for everyone to listen to. Oh, you're so welcome. Well, you can find us at beerwithgeeks.com and Twitter and Gmail. You can rate it and review us on iTunes. Find us all place podcasts can be found. And of course, you can head over to patreon.com and support the show for even a dollar a month. It comes out to $12 a year. Not too much at a barely noticeable amount, but it helps keep the lights on. So it's all good. You can check out all of the Thought Bubble Audio, sh- Thought Bubble Audio shows at thoughtbubbleaudio.com. Frank, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. In every likewise, my friend, any respectable manner. So, until next time, cheers. cheers.